Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope that it will encourage you and help you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more. As will many of you who may not have been at camp, but you were part of our church family just over a decade ago when our youth pastors were the Pennington family. And uh, we are so blessed. Mike Pennington has been a friend for many, many years. We're, we're aging to the point that we're talking decades in life now. And I'm on the far side now of over 40, and he's still approaching. And so we have a long friendship in front of us still. Mike Pennington served in this church as a youth pastor for several years and was known for his passion for people, his passion for God, his passion for missions, and I think just all-around passion. There was volume and loud things happening all the time. And we are so grateful for the impact he had on this church family. His ministry career has moved him around a few places, and now he finds himself pastoring one of the the main and strongest churches in our fellowship of churches in the BC Yukon District at Evangel Church in Kelowna, and uh, we are so blessed and privileged to have him bring the word of God to us today. So would you join me, CPC family, in welcoming Mike Pennington today. It's so great to be here. I love CPC. I love the Comox Valley as we were driving in. Uh, you know, and, and just a little side note, I'm loud. That's why Mike invited me to, to be here for camp. And so just get used to it. You'll be all right. Listen, we, uh, we uh, drove in and we drove past the hospital that two of our kids were born at. And, and uh, then we came on in. We came to camp. We've been living in a tent for three days. Thank you for that, Mike. It's a real blessing to us. The rain is just fantastic and but we've been having a good time and especially uh when we played this game uh the other day it was last camper standing and i said well hey listen i'm not just a camp speaker i can play games too and then i stood in the line they said now we're gonna have an eating competition i went can i get out of this they said yeah we're gonna chug little cups of hot sauce all right then and then once you're done the hot sauce we're gonna do the uh, uh some other thing that's hot you know, a horse, yeah, what is that? Horse radish. Oh, ah. and, oh, and then just to wash that down, we're going to do a little relish. How about that? Little cups of relish. But listen, I'm no quitter. That's right. I stepped up, and we did okay, right? Yeah? We, no, we didn't do that great. But we got past the next round. But last night, I'm lying there in bed. I'm thinking, oh, I can hear the rain. It sounds beautiful. And then there was a volcano that began to erupt. The hot sauce was making a comeback. But we made it through, and uh, we made it here this morning. And uh, I want you to grab your Bibles if you have them. And, uh, and we're going to be in uh, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Before, you're, before you get there... Uh, I just want to say uh, from Cass and I, like, how awesome this place is. And, and not just this church, but how awesome Mike and Laura are. Can you, you can clap for that. We've known them for a really long time, and I'm just so thrilled that they're your pastors here. 
All right, John chapter 1. I can remember uh, just, just a few years ago, we were in a place called Maple Ridge. You ever been to the mainland? Yeah, on the mainland, there's a city called Vancouver, and down the street, there's another city called Maple Ridge. And we lived there, we pastored there, and as we were pastoring there, uh, we got to know this couple in our church, and they were fantastic. We just loved them, we hung out with them, and one day, our relationship went to the next level. We went to barbecue status. Yeah, so they said to us, oh, we'd love to have you come over to our house, and We'd love to have you join us for a barbecue. We thought, this is great. We're going to go over. Okay, kids. Uh, so we got ourselves together. And just a side note, do you know that pastors aren't perfect? Do you know this? I just want to, like, you take it easy on, on Mike and Laura. Here's, here's what I mean by this, is our van is very dirty, and uh, we, we don't really call it the van. We call it, like, the family van. We call it the garbage truck, because when we open the doors, garbage falls out. This is our minivan situation. But anyways, doesn't matter. We load the kids up. We dress them up. We load them into the van. It's about 5 o'clock. We're always late for everything. Um, so we slam the doors shut. We start driving. Of course, we have to circle back because we've got, forgot something. So we grab whatever we need. We circle back again. We head out. We're on the road. We're going to these friends' house. And we start driving, and, uh, and we use our phone because he knows how to get anywhere these days. You know that. And so we go to, uh, you know, the, the old GPS here, beep, 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 beep. And, uh, and we go, oh, oh, this is a nice neighborhood. So we, we oh, oh, this, this is a really nice neighborhood. We don't belong. <laughs> you know, there's like, there's butlers standing out guard by their gated fence and and it's like this incredible manicured lawns. And as the garbage truck is chugging down the street, leaving garbage in the wake, I think, oh, no. I can't be. Oh, yes, it is. Cass looks at me. We look at each other, and it's that house. You know what I'm talking about? The pearly gates. You know, when they gave me a code for the gate, I thought maybe it was an apartment. But no, 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 it's the house. And so we drive up and we punch the code in, whatever the code was, and the gates open. Bzzz, little, little naked thing like the fountain beside it. And, and I go, this is not right. We don't belong here. We kept driving down this driveway. You could tell it was a hand-placed driveway. It wasn't your regular concrete driveway. Oh, no, no, no. It's the driveway with the bricks, you know, the elaborate bricks placed. And we keep driving, and we round this oak tree of glory. And we come to the front door, and this house is gorgeous. It's unbelievable. And right there on the front driveway is our host saying, come on in. We're over here. I think, oh, no, we underdressed for the occasion. So this elaborate scene happens, and we open the double doorway into their home with gold posts around it. And we walk in, and I kid you not, there's a Steinway grand piano overlooking this beautiful view. It just gets better and better, and it's unbelievable. But our hosts were so welcoming. 
They were so incredibly good to us as they opened their arms and we sat on their beautiful patio and had barbecue. And you know what? The house was elaborate, but they, they were not. They were hospitable and loving and caring, and we just had this incredible time. As we approach the gospel of John this morning, go with me here. As we approach the gospel of John, it's a bit like approaching this grand, imposing house. It's huge. There's there's complexity to it. And readers of the gospel sometimes can just go like, this is intimidating. This is overwhelming. I don't belong here. It can seem filled with hidden, elaborate depths of meaning. One author of uh, 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 commentaries on John says, uh, it's like a pool safe enough for a child, but deep enough for an elephant to go for a swim. That's John. So even though it's impressive in structure, impressive in stature and ideas, it's not meant to scare you off. It isn't. It makes you welcome with open arms the gospel of of Jesus through John welcomes millions upon billions of people to come see, come see the goodness that's found. It's like a friend coming out the front door saying, come on in. You are welcome here with loving arms. Don't be intimidated. You're loved and welcomed at the gate. So let's begin this morning in John. Uh, we're going to be reading in John 1, 1. I'm sure you can find that. John 1, 1 begins with these words, the word became flesh. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Skip to verse 4 there. In him was life and the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came to the Father full of grace and truth. Out of his fullness, we have all received Grace in place of grace already given. Verse 17, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Now, The first thing about this chapter, uh, at least in in verses 1 to 18, it's called this uh, literary word, it's called the prologue, which is this long winding driveway leading up to this amazing house, and it shows you uh, the big picture of what is to come. 
Like you get this picture. You see the, the big view of what's going and what's going to come. Every Star Wars geek should unite on this. Here's what I mean. Uh, you can think the yellow text as the movie begins. Do you know what I'm talking about? The scrolling yellow text giving you context uh, to, to understand what's to come. It tells you the backstory of some of the characters and the setting. It helps you with what you are about to encounter. John the disciple of Jesus, wants to invite you in. And if you think about the original hearer of this, like the context, the original hearer, the devout, culturally Jewish man, John does a fantastic job. That's why it gets a little confusing. But John does a fantastic job to the original hearer. He even goes so far in a literary sense to mimic the first book of our Bibles. In, in the Torah, Genesis chapter 1, where it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John says, In the beginning was the word. John's parallel, uh, John's, he's telling us that there's a parallel between God and the Word, which we were to find out is Jesus. There's this parallel between God and Jesus, and the Jews of that day would have been shocked. What are you saying? John's putting Jesus on the same plane as the one true God who created the heavens and created the earth. But only God creates. Only God can make something out of nothing. Only God can do that. So right away we're confronted with a new way of thinking, a new way of thinking about Jesus. He's not just a good man, a good teacher. He's God. And we find out that, that, that Jesus is God incarnate. The word who has become flesh. So think again to Genesis 1.1. You have the very word of God being spoken, right? And creation responding to it. If you read the, read the Chronicles of Narnia, it's kind of like uh, Aslan the lion calling forth with a song, creation. Genesis says it's through God's very breath or word creation was formed. And here John slams Jesus right into this, into life's beginning. The word has become flesh. And here's another thought. Just as I was kind of reading through this text, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 15, early in the, the Old Testament, Moses, he asked God a question. He said, what should I call you? There's this encounter that takes, what should I call you? And we're told that God himself uh, said his name is Y. H-W-H, Yahweh. In the, in the English, I mean, we have to kind of break it down, but it's, it's Yahweh, and it's used over 6,000 times within our Old Testament. 
Now, over time, we've added some vowels because we need vowels. English really likes vowels. And so we got uh, Y-A-H-W-E-H, Yahweh, Yahweh. Now, Hebrew scholars, think about this. Hebrew scholars have noted that the letters Y-H-W-H represent something. Like they've been, they've been looking at this. It represents breathing sounds. These aspirated consonants in the Hebrew alphabet would be translated like this. Yod, hey, va, hey. Yod, hey, va, hey. If you listen carefully, if you say it over and over again, listen, you hear something very interesting about the way you say that. It sounds like breathing. Yo, hey, va, hey. It's like, it just sounds like breathing in, out, up, down, up, down. And I wonder, why did God refer to himself as this sound? This sound of breathing. And I wonder if God said that because, because in every single person, we need oxygen and breath to live. We need God to live. In sadness, we breathe these heavy sighs. <sighs> In joy, our lungs feel like they're going to burst. In fear, we hold our breath. <gasps> to find courage, we take deep breaths. And I think God is called Hyo He Va He. Because God chose to give Himself the name that is above every name, that, we, that it would be on our lips always to remind us that he is closer and he is more important than anything else in life. He is our very breath. Somebody can say amen to that. He's our very breath. Think about it. All of us, always, everywhere, waking, sleeping, walking, Breathing the very name of God over and over. It's kind of sneaky, really. And over and over again. When a baby's born, they take their first breath. <gasps> Breathe the name of God. On our deathbed, when we cease to be alive, the name of God is no longer on our lips. Yo, va. How impressive is that? With every breath that we breathe, God proves his intimate connection within each one of us. You breathe in and out the very name of God. And in this prologue, these 18 verses of John, it starts where we all need to start Showing us that Jesus is the very breath. He's the very word of God. He's not just a man. He's not just a good teacher or a prophet. 
Jesus was at the beginning of time, and he will be at the very end of time. And right now, he is closer than the air that you breathe. I want to point out a few more things within this text. I want to jump over to verses uh, 4 and 5, and it says this, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John's saying, people, let me introduce you to a light that can break through your darkness, the darkness in your hearts. You know that pain that you carry? Jesus can get in there. He can deal with it. You know that loneliness that you carry? He can get in there. He can deal with it. You know that despair or that depression? You can overcome that through the light of Jesus Christ. Like a beacon of light, like these lighthouses kind of all around here. At times, maybe not today, we got all sorts of different technology, but at times that was the only thing keeping from a shipwreck. Jesus stands as the light keeping you from a shipwreck. The light for all. Another word in this verse is life. The word life. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And I don't think... I don't think John is referring to physical life. I think what we see is, is, is he's referring to eternal life. In him, in Jesus, was eternal and is eternal life. And that eternal life is the light of all mankind. He confirms this in chapter 5 in John as we go further on. Whoever believes in the Son, says chapter 5, has eternal life life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see eternal life. So here's the point. The gospel is an unashamedly passionate call to the lost. It's an appeal to the religious. Open our eyes. See the light, which is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord, the living word. And if you feel hopeless, maybe from conversations that you've had recently, maybe from living two years within a pandemic, or maybe you feel like, ah, like what's going on with Canada, with my neighborhood, Comox, I don't know. At the end of these two verses, John reminds us, hey guys, in Jesus there is life and light, and oh, by the way, the story has already been written. The darkness has not won. There's victory in Jesus. The light, says verse 5, shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Like when I was at camp, stumbling to get to the washroom at 2 a.m., I got there because of my flashlight just in time. Light always wins. 
against darkness. You have a victor. You have victory. We have salvation. I want to pick on a few more words within this, uh, within this text. First one is dwell. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son, who came from the father full of grace and truth. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He took up residence. The old way to connect with God. Do this, do this, make sure you show up at this time and do this. It's God. God walks among us. There's relationship. He dwells with us. The way to eternal life is no longer through this formality, but through a relationship. Amen? And a relationship with one who literally walked the same roads as you and I who can relate with us. I remember when Cass and I were first getting married. I remember hanging out. I remember I had this red truck. Mike and I were talking about this. This Toyota truck, two-wheel drive, by the way. Awesome to do donuts. And I remember driving, cruising down the road, going to see my fiance. Pull into the parking lot, my father-in-law looking at me. And I remember, like, sitting in her basement and talking and dreaming about the future together. She'd talk about how we decorate our house, talk about, I don't know, just having a bed. I was sleeping on the floor on some futon. And, I, you know, just like life together. We talk about these details. And, and then I remember hopping in my car and driving back home, driving back to us, driving back home. But I remember that day when we got married, standing on the stage, February 14th, Valentine's Day. How romantic is that, right? Valentine's Day, standing on a stage similar to this and asking the love of my life to marry me. No more being apart. We were together. The dreams that we had were then becoming reality it was beautiful. It was amazing. Now you kind of wish you have a break from me every once in a while. And the kids, we have four of them. But similar to my story, God made a way to be with you in relationship. We were distant. We were not together in the way that we should be. And he's now become accessible, personable, and here, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Second, grace. There's a, a scripture here. It says, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. This actually is the gift. Sometimes we think it's the dwell. Like he came, he came to be with us. That was great, but this is the gift to be uh, 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 the grace, it's grace. This is what Jesus gives to us. This is what he's full of. It's interesting because the Psalms, uh, 
uh, speak of mercy and truth, but here John substitutes, he, he understands that scripture, he substitutes the, the word mercy for grace. And why does he do that? Why does he switch that word? And I can only imagine he did this because mercy gives this idea of top down. I have mercy on you. I show mercy to you because I'm stronger. I show mercy to you because I'm bigger. I show mercy because I'm faster. I show mercy, right? But grace is understood by Christians to be a gift from God to people. It's generous, it's free, it's totally unexpected, and it's totally undeserved. It's divine favor and love and compassion. It's an attribute of God poured out as a gift for you and I. We see that through Scripture. Grace is here with you today. Have you taken it? Have you accepted the gift of Jesus? Lastly, I want to take a a closer look at the word known. No one has ever seen God, says Scripture, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. You're known. You are known intimately. He knows every detail about you. He cares about you. You are cared for. You are loved. You are known by the God who painted those mountains out there, that glacier, who breathed it into existence. John is telling you that through Jesus, you can also know God. You are known, but you can know God. He created. He's the image of the invisible. Colossians chapter 1 says, The Son is the image of the invisible God. Let's just close our eyes this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you have given us the gifts that you have given to us, that you dwell with us. But more than that, you've given us grace that needed to cover over a multitude of my sin. Who are known deeply. Maybe so many of us are at times, especially during this last season, have felt lonely, isolated. It felt like, do I even know my church community anymore? Do I even know who my neighbor is? But we can know confidently that that we are known by you, and you know the details of our heart. I thank you, God, for all that you have done and are doing in our lives. And I thank you for your word Your word become flesh in Jesus Christ. Lord, continue to guide us, to shape us into the men and women of God that you've called us to be. Continue to to help us on this pathway called life. I pray, as, as Pastor Mike was sharing about vision moving forward, I pray that you would give incredible vision for the future 
And as we talked about last night at camp, because the good news is the good news is the good news. If the good news is good for me, it's good for my neighbor. They need to hear the very fact that they can have a relationship with the creator, with the one who painted that glacier with a breath. Now become flesh. So God, would you help our hearts? Would you help our minds? Would you help us to trust you? Would our faith be increased this morning? In Jesus' precious name, amen. Cass, why don't you come up here? I know you wanted to say a few things and, and just thank Thank you as a church for inviting us out. It's been a whirlwind, a whirlwind four days of speaking. And we've been so blessed. But Cass, why don't you come forward? It was fun. Uh, we were just, dri- like I said, we were driving around town looking at Comox and looking at all these memories, pointing out to the kids, remember that, remember this. And I just believe that God has some great things in store not just for this community, but for you, Comox Pentecostal Church. We're excited for the days ahead. Um, it's just, it's really amazing to be here. And we had our church family camp um, just before we got here. But I love two of our girls were born in Comox, our first two girls. And actually, before uh, we came in this morning, I popped into the nursery and, and I held Emma in there so many Sundays, and I just have beautiful memories just worshiping Jesus and holding my baby in this place, and you are all such amazing people. Our girls now are old enough to be home alone for a bit, 11 and 14, and and just before um, we prepared to come here, uh, we left them home. We were both in the, working at the church office one day, and, and we got a frantic phone call from actually our 11 year old (laughs) so she's a bit more responsible sometimes sorry Emma and so um they were crying and freaking out and we're like what's going on babe mommy we made a smoothie and we forgot to put the top on and blackberry blackberry not blueberry blackberry all over our white ceiling and and they had tried to clear it off and, you know, the ceiling part. Anyways, yeah. And so we had to move some meetings and get home to the girls and, first of all, calm them down. It's okay. Thank you for calling, Mommy. You did the right thing. And, um, and then also um, a good friend of ours told us this amazing hack. We spent hours Q-tipping with bleach. <laughs> and we'll figure it out later when we get back. But so far... It has cleared off our ceiling. And so, but when I was the first night, we had to stare at it. You know, it was pretty bad, guys. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. I was just thinking about our city, Kelowna. Um, And I just think about our nation right now. Neighbors that we've walked through. People in our church that are hurting and broken. Life is a mess. Life is messy. I remember just laying up there looking at the ceiling and just seeing blackberry all over 
and I had met with people that day and, and just thinking through, there is so many people walking through mess, just mess splattered everywhere. And I just, I'm so excited to, that you guys are doing a kids camp coming up. Kids and families need to hear the good news of Jesus. I'm encouraged by that. And just as we were driving through, through Comox, through Courtney, praying for you guys, praying for this valley and, and for our friends and your church, guys, God is going to do something beautiful as you pour into kids, as you vision for September. This is going to be a lighthouse, and I'm just so excited. And I was just reading through, and, and I had this verse, Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. He's preparing a way. He's, he already knows what's going to happen in this place, in this city, in this, in this valley. And he's, God has prepared in advance for us to do, all of us, us in Kelowna, here in the Comox Valley, we are all a part of it. And I believe there's a beautiful season coming for the church of Canada, North America, the Western church. There's an awakening. This word awakening has been on my heart and I believe that for you guys as well. And I'm just so excited for camp, for your vision planning. And I just wanted to read that verse. And just so you know, there are people hurting with mess. Maybe even you today were created in Christ Jesus and you are also created to do good works that he's already prepared for you so I just wanted to encourage you this morning and thank you for having us here but we love you guys and we love your pastors pray for them pray for their kids celebrate them have them over for barbecues <laughs> love on them because we live too far so I just wanted to encourage you this morning Let's stand up together. God, we thank you for your love. We pray for Mike and Laura this morning. I just put a hand on his shoulder. Lord, he represents the leaders and represents this church. And so, Lord God, would you strengthen him? Would you strengthen Laura? Would you strengthen their family? God, I pray for a greater vision. I pray for a sense that, God, you are leading you're in charge. I pray that this would be a church, as, as Cass said, that would be a lighthouse. And when I say the word church, I mean the people of God. The people of God as a lighthouse throughout this uh, Comox Valley. And so, Lord, thank you that we could be together from, from Kelowna to Comox. Strengthen us as your body in Jesus' precious name.
wonder if everybody would just join me, put your hand over your heart in this moment. It's a symbolic gesture of maybe allowing God to contact our lives, the deepest part of who we are, our soul, our spirit, our, our heart, at the very core of us right now. Father, we give you thanks for your word revealed to us today. May the reality of Jesus come alive in new ways in each of our hearts. I know in a room like this today and online, there are some who have been part of a faith community for their lifetime. And there are others who are journeying in exploration right now. You meet each of us where we're at and we give you thanks. Bless each life. Now, Father, as we go into your world on your mission, we declare again our dependence upon you. We want to see neighbors and coworkers and classmates loved by you. We want to see them encounter your truth, your hope, your life. These are things we can't do on our own. We can't manufacture this. We need your spirit's power for it. We need you. Fill us now as we conclude today. We pray this in your strong name, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. 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 Could we just show appreciation one more time to the Penningtons? Well, it's 11.11, and uh, we are going to make a quick transition right now into last camper standing finale. There are three categories, U12, U18, and adult. We're going to need about three or four minutes, so I think we're going to try to find a way to put on some background music or something like that while we just get a few things set up. Those of you who have no interest in all in seeing a child win a wonderful prize... <laughs> Those of you with no soul, no, I, I kid, I kid, I kid, I kid, I kid. This may not be for everybody, but if you are interested in uh, watching this, it may take upwards of 20 minutes or even 30 minutes to go through all the rounds here. We want to make sure we do it right. So you're, if you need to go, you are most blessed and dismissed. Uh, parents, if you could go retrieve your children from downstairs, that will help us also. And could the six finalists... Just come make themselves available up front. I need to meet with them in just a few moments. And uh, we will begin hopefully within three or four minutes here. If you are leaving, God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Those of you who are online, we're going to continue airing Last Camp or Standing for you to take in and enjoy from home also. Thanks again for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged you as you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more.